coffee lovers, and welcome to the God Country Live Video Podcast. Every day, every Friday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And now, live from Seguin, Texas, and other places around the world, your host, Jose Roberto Alaniz Jr. Hello, coffee lovers, 1900. It's Friday, and that means it's time for God Country Coffee. And like we always start out our podcast every week, I have to first and foremost give thanks to God for all the amazing things that he's doing in my life and our business. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you, this week has been a, uh, a test uh, and it's been a rough week for me personally. Um, but I know that he is sovereign and I know that his will put me where I'm at. And as long as I'm obedient, he's going to bless me and he blesses me daily. And so <clears throat> thank you, God, for everything that you do in my life and the life of those around me, my family and so forth. And uh, with, tonight we have a, uh, an Army veteran and uh, we are going to uh, he's got a business. I think I forget. He lives in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And so uh, uh, he's not that far from us, but uh He's also a member of the Vetpreneur Tribe, which is a 15,000 strong veteran entrepreneur group. Um, and he and I have never spoken till today, but we are very like-minded. And so I know this show is going to be great. And something about a Viking, I don't know. He's got this great Viking. He might, he may just be all Viking. I don't know yet, but, but we'll find out. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring on our guest tonight, Army veteran, Rock Florida. Hang on one second. Hello, hey, JR. What's up? How you doing, man? Um, I am glad to be sitting here with a brother in arms in the Lord's army here, man, because, uh, well, before it's all said and done, we might ought to pray this one out because when you say you've had a week of trials, yeah. Hey, man, that's how we know we're doing something right when we can still keep on smiling because he's got our he's got our six, man. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's uh, what is it? James? That says, uh, um, count it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance yeah. and let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask a God who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Yes. That Something was. like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always tell people, um, when I give somebody a Bible and I, I keep Bibles on hand because. It's just one of my many things, but I keep these gift Bibles, right? And so what I end up doing is, is when I see somebody post something or somebody talk about something or I'm on Clubhouse, I hear somebody say something and I know they're going through something. And some of them are like, well, I know I've got to walk, but I'm not on it yet. And so I'll open it up and I'll write something, whatever God gives me to write to them. But almost every one of them I always say, whatever you do, start in the New Testament I personally recommend James. To me, James is like the book of action. It's it, call to the how to. This the, is the how to. <laughs> yeah. And it starts off, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. Because right. that, that's, that's just setting the foundation right there. You're going to hit the fan. We are still breathing. I thank God every day when I say my, when I open my, my prayer in the morning. I thank God for the very air that's in my lungs because that's how happy I am to be alive is that God let me live. Amen, bro. So I, anyway. Hey, I, I, by, by no stretch of the imagination do I deserve to be here still. You know, it's it's his grace, man. That's you know, when, when people ask me how you're doing, I get a lot of people that always send me messages, especially with the business now. Hey, man, how you doing? How you doing? And my, my answer is, and almost anybody who's ever sent me a message like that, my answer is always better than I deserve. And, um, and that's because I am, I am, I'm alive and that's way more than I deserve. Uh, I, I heard a good one too. This one goes really well with coffee. Okay. Uh, which by the way, I call liquid grace, but <laughs> I, I, and I think this was in clubhouse as well, but it was a brother that comes across and he, How are you doing? I'm flavored and blessed. <laughs> I was like, boom, I'm going to steal it, stolen. So 
I wish I remembered who it was. It, it may have been actually, it may have been LJ Haywood. You know LJ, I'm sure. But um, have you run into LJ? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, dude, dude, dude. He's got a cool podcast too, man. You'll like LJ. He's he's a good guy, man. I was so. on one yesterday, uh, and then I was on another one. I think earlier uh, it hasn't it hasn't posted yet. And then, and then listen, uh, a lady in the Warrior Council. She's in the tribe. Her name is uh, Nirka Castadena, and she's an Army veteran. And she has a TV show called Amor Umbrella, and she's basically traveling the country, the world, and trying to improve veterans' life because everybody she she feels like everybody should have a good life after the military. And, you know, a lot of us have that trouble transitioning. <clears throat> and I never really thought I had an issue transitioning until, until I was on somebody's podcast and I was like, wait, wait, you mean that that's what that was? <laughs> uh, I, I had, I, you can ask anybody. I had difficulty training. I was in 86 to 90. So, and, and I got out right for golf, but uh, yeah. It, and I, but I didn't have a relationship with the Lord when I was in. So that made it just that much more. Yeah. It's challenging. a huge difference. Uh, and Trey Ryder is watching. I was just on Trey Ryder's, uh, uh, on his podcast yesterday. Really enjoyed it. Great guy. I'm familiar uh, with his name. I'm yeah. And, and let me tell you. So anytime somebody does a podcast, like if I have you on or you have me on, um, one thing I didn't ask you ahead of time is, is what you believe. Cause it's irrelevant. Uh, personally, I would love for you to know the Lord and my business tells you right out front, I'm going to present it to you. I'm going to plant that seed. What you do with it, what God does with it is his. Now, if God tells me to water, then I'm going to water. But you know, our job is to plant that seed. Yeah. And, and so I never asked those questions ahead of time. But what I love is when I get invited on a show or uh, somebody comes on and it just it's fluid. It's just absolutely fluid. It's called Forging Life Podcast. And uh, I got to talk for an hour about how God worked in my life and got me to where I'm at. And uh, Trey, I really appreciate that. You know, that's just an awesome, you know, it's an awesome feeling when you do that. Yeah, no, that's um, well, that's real life right there, man. You know. Yeah, it is absolutely God working. So, so let's talk about about Rock, Florida. All and right. Let's uh, tell us where you grew up and uh, and what you did. You know, growing up, where you know, we, we, like I was, I never got in trouble. Like one of those straight laced kids. But and then tell us where you're from originally. <laughs> okay. Join the military. All right. Yeah, I'm going to try and make it short because it is. I have a long, crazy backstory. I'm. I was born in '68 in Sharps Memorial Hospital in San Diego. I'm a fifth generation Southern Californian, which is, you know, that's a rarity. Um, and, you know, my, my family originally moved there back in the 1860s. Turns out we, I moved everywhere from SoCal to the Bahamas as a kid. My dad was kind of, uh, he was a wounded warrior vet area. Um, he uh, turns out, you know, had some mental health issues. And I moved 30 plus times before I was 10 years old, everywhere between San Diego and the Bahamas. And we ended up settling down in 78 or nine, right around 78, 77 or eight in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. In the, my dad unplugged from corporate America. He just threw it against the wall and said, you know what? I'm done. I'm putting away the suit and tie. And we went off the grid, no electric, no running water, no phone. I was raised backwoods, Ozarks, Arkansas. Okay. If I didn't kill it, we didn't eat it. Okay. Made a living as a, you know, as a family bluegrass country band playing dog patch in silver dollar city. And from a little kid, I was a contest bluegrass fiddler and, I, you know, just grew up in the backwoods, you know, and just uh, no neighbors except, you know, the community in the hills. And then I finished high school at 15. I, I ended up homeschooling, testing out, finished high school at 15, the sole graduate from Possum Trot High. <laughs> and 
I got off the bus in downtown LA in July of 80, 84. I went from backwoods, no electric, no running water, no phone to getting off the bus in downtown LA, 16 years old with nothing but a gig bag and a suitcase to go to the Guitar Institute of Technology. And, you know, I was raised never, my folks were of that hippie kind of, you know, my dad was a conservative hippie as well, but he was really heavy on the hippie kind of side. And they were going to let me make my own decisions, right? She, mom was raised Church of Christ. Dad was raised kind of Christ or Baptist, right? And they let me make my own decisions, which didn't include God much, but I had a background in Catholic school, Church of Christ, Pentecostals were a real kick in the pants as a 10 year old, you know, and AG and Seventh day Adventist and New Age. I all over the map. And I get off in Hollywood in 1984 as a 16 year old. And it was wild, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, started drinking, smoking, dope, tripping, learning guitar. And then I got out and done with that. And I was 18 and I was like, well, I need to figure out something to do with my life. And I, I love this country and I'm going to go to the army. You know, I just, that felt like it was the right thing to do. And I needed some discipline. I knew I needed some, some help with something a little more formative. So I went in the army in 86, October 31st. And, um, I, did sign up initially as White House Communications, but I ended up as a 29 Echo fixing radios and I was stateside stationed the whole time. Um, but I did serve under with 2nd and 75th Ranger Battalion in Fort Lewis and I served under General Shali Kashavili um, back in the day and uh, finished out my, you know, my four and out and just pretty much did my tour of nothing but you know, training and motor pool time, man. There wasn't a lot of action when I was in, you know, so Reagan and early Bush years. And, and it was, you know, it was, I, you know, it's one of those things where four years felt like forever then. And then I realized in 06, I was like, that would have been 20 years. Are you serious? But so I did my army stint and then I just didn't, I didn't transition well out, man. I mean, I, I was drunk and stoned till, um, and met Jesus in 89 or 90 and just probably had a salvation experience there, but I lived in just depravity until really hitting the fan in 98. And that's when, when people ask, if anybody ever asked that question, when did God become real? I have an answer for that. And he became very stark raving real to me in the Washington County jail cell. When I realized that his will and my will can be mutually exclusive. And, you know, he told me it was, you know, it was the best thing my mom ever did to me. She said, no, I called her, you know, and I was, you know, just, I was in the jail cell again. I was, you know, drunk and probably public intox or actually that was probably stealing a vehicle. I don't know. Uh, I can't even remember what the charge was cause I, he changed my mind. He changed my heart, you know? And, and since then, you know, it's been walking out mental health. I love my VA. If it was not for my VA here that we have the best VA administration right here in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So any of you vets that are looking for a good place to, to actually get healthy and get whole and, and get grounded, man, I'm a big fan of my VA here. And, uh, they, they definitely saved my grits more than I can, you know, and thank God for them, man, every day. But so 98, I really start sobering up and start figuring out I'm pretty good at selling stuff. And it started doing door to door newspaper sales. I used to read the newspaper every day and I started just, selling newspapers and spending a lot of time getting to know the Lord and reading and, and, and developing fellowship and working in ministry and stuff like that. And, and then, uh, I had a guy take me under his wing and say, you know, he was my pastor at the time and he was selling businesses, privately held businesses. And he said, you know, 
you should really, you know, you, you need to get a real estate license, but come on under here. And, you know, I was um, almost 30 years old and didn't know the first thing about businesses, but I learned how to sell them and kind of launched off from there into the actual professional space. So, but I haven't had a job in, uh, you know, other than commission sales in quarter century now. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to just tag somebody here. If you go through it, probably won't, but um, maybe not. Frank, maybe you can uh, tag PK uh, Stacy. I, I, I think he'd really enjoy this conversation that we're having. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I is a crayon eater on here. Crayon Eater is on here, yeah. Oh, Frank. cool, man. I can't Frank see you. It's on. Man, he just I love Frank. A huge win this weekend. He was up at the uh, Warrior Rising, um, and they help uh, guys do all kinds of stuff uh, with their businesses, and he did very well. He didn't win the big super prize, but he made some valuable uh, networking connections. And Awesome. You know, his, his product is awesome. I, I tell them all the time. I said, dude, the second that you're allowed to ship, you know, out of your state, uh, you're gonna you're gonna be on your heels with your business because you know there's not a single you know sailor, airman, you know, ground pounding army dude or coasty that doesn't know that the best way to make fun of you know jarheads is talk about them eating crayons. Oh, no joke. Dude, I'm I'm down with some CREs, man. Let's get them. Let's get them going. What a great name, too. So he says here, I'm gonna I'm gonna put his comment up. He did really well this weekend. They walked away with 10k, man, from Warriors. Nice. Come on, Frank. Excellent. Bring that's it. What I'm talking about. And so that's, uh, that's a huge win. And uh, absolutely love what he's doing. What he's trying to do. And uh, and I keep grinding it, Frank, man. Yeah, man, it's gonna pop, and when it does, yeah. man, you better hang onto your heels because you're gonna be flying backwards. But it, it's not a bad thing at all in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and so he, I'm really proud. I'm really excited. I was in the when 80 86 is when the first MRE started actually being issued. If as far as I know, the bag the bagged and tagged those, those in, and I don't know what or how much has changed, but I do know what the highest value item in an MRE was back then. Coffee. No, no, the coffee was crap. They had that freaking dry crystal crap that no Tabasco, the little Tabascos. Oh yeah. yeah. Those were the highest value trade items, man. <laughs> Cause it gives some kind of flavor to something, man. <laughs> maybe even the coffee you know, you, yeah, could, right? you could trade those uh, out hard man it's funny that you mentioned that we were at the coffee fest uh, a couple weeks ago with ranger dan uh a coffin coffee company up in indiana and uh that we were walking he he came down here i had never met him just online we met up at his hotel i did my i did the interview that i had that morning and then and then we all walked over to the to the coffee fest and we're walking through and this young girl from, I don't know, she may have been from Oregon or somewhere, uh, entrepreneur, you know, kids on fire to get her product to the market. Well, it's literally hot sauce for coffee. And uh, it was delicious. I mean, she had samples, but, you know, they weren't selling them yet. They're, they, they're Kickstarter. I think they're going to start shipping in in July. So now, I mean, July 1st. So... I have, a, I have a real challenge with that, though. See, coffee is one of the things that, okay, this will tie into the God country and coffee, the God portion. Adultery, by definition, is to impurify, is to add stuff. So if you put creamer and sugar in your coffee, you're an adulterer. Okay, that's... that's that's, hey man, that's the facts. I didn't write this stuff, man. Adultery Ooh. is to just add something in, and yeah. So I, I can't play that, man. I don't put anything in my coffee, man. Well, I I uh, so <laughs> once a year, and the, the way I flavor coffee is the way you're, you know you should flavor it. So when when the coffee comes out of the out of the machine, 
uh, and it gets down to about 150 degrees, uh, I set it aside and, and you put an oil. It's a flavoring oil. And so I don't like flavored coffee. I drink my coffee black. I always have. Um, but, you know, there's a huge market for pumpkin spice during the holidays. Yeah. I, I, you know, listen, I had a guy tell me, my mentor, Justin Charpentier, he said, man, how, how much mission are you going to do downrange making $10 a month over all your expenses? And I go, well, not much. He says, that's right. He goes, how much are you going to do if you make $100 over, you know, your expenses? And I go, still not. I mean, that, you know. He says, so if you make $10,000 a month over what you, all your expenses are, how much mission work can you do then? And I go, well, now I can get some stuff done. Yeah. I can pay for the church that they're building right now in, in Honduras. I can, I can help pay for labor. So I had to get out of that mindset and get into the mindset that, you know, I do need to sell coffee. And right. That, you know, well, sometimes people like pumpkin spice. I don't, but I'll make it. Hey, man. And I'll let it fly off the shelf for four months. One thing too, we need to connect again too after this because I've got our church started a in Guatemala. We we it's a neat, crazy God story. How um, we were supporting Mama Carmen down in Guatemala. You know, she ran this sweet little lady ran this orphanage just. You know, she is a walking, living nonprofit that just loved children. All these orphans just come. She'd have 40, 60, 80 of them at a time. And she got gifted just anonymously. God said, here, here's a coffee plantation. And so our church ended up being integrated with her and helped her get that thing up and running. And so we started actually getting, you know, sourcing out of that and running this coffee plantation in guatemala to support the orphanage and yeah it's a radical story um you know well we'll talk about how i got linked up with uh with uh pk just jumped in what's up my brother uh pk is a uh, very like-minded individual and uh uh he lives in florida and uh he's a trainer and just an all-around awesome dude who loves the Lord, and uh, and he's just like he's like, like he's very like-minded. I mean, I can tell the three of us if you put us in a room together, man, Satan's gonna be running for cover. Bring it, and I I love it. I mean, I just do. And uh, but uh, so when you got out, did did you know? I mean, like I had trouble transitioning. I didn't know I did. I changed jobs every two years. Uh, and I, I didn't know why. And I, I just kept like, you know, when I married my second wife, cause I got divorced after almost 10 years of the first one. And I, I was single for about two and a half, three years. I went back to church at my Catholic church and I was playing guitar. And that's when I met Connie and uh, I took her to my church, but I could tell that Connie and the girls were just kind of like, they weren't, they weren't being fed in a way that they were accustomed to being fed. And so, uh, we started looking for a church together, but, uh, it wasn't until I got with her. She's like, Hey man, why do you keep changing job? Man, stay, stay put, you know, stay somewhere. And I'm like, Hey man, this job sucks, you know, and it's just not what I'm looking for. It doesn't pay enough. You know, I always tried to say it was the money. Well, I just want to make a better living for my family. Right. Hey, Brian, what's up brother? Project diehard 22. Absolutely, man. Um, he's another like-minded individual. Um, but I, I didn't know that my time in the service had structured my brain in a way that I didn't function well. In the Dude. <laughs> hey, man, the rest of the world, I, my um, God gave me a mission uh, that I know free and clear right now. And it was it was three and a half years ago. But it's it. I got out in, you know, 90. And then. I had a real come to Jesus in 98, but dude, I didn't, I haven't kept any kind of job or any kind because there's just no structure, no formality, no discipline, no, you know, uh, no, a lot of stuff that I went in for. And I was like, I'm coming out and the rest of the world's kind of just running gamut and I'm running slipshod and tired over it. But I finally, 
started figuring out, you know, there's some, for me, again, back to the VA and just a lot of the service providers there that I've, I had to humble myself. I, I well, I got humbled, you, you know, Nebuchadnezzar and me go deep. Okay. <laughs> because I've done everything short of running around seven years, naked, eating grass. You know, I smoked a lot of it, but I mean, it's, it came down to really getting humbled to that point where it was like, okay, this isn't working. People aren't going to line up and fly right on my watch. And I have to start learning how some of the things that I had to start learning and through, oh, on, you know, the VA and mental health and various counselors and other stuff. I really have had to be the past 20 years of sitting here saying, okay, here's cognitive behavior therapy. Here's, here is the 12 steps. Here's these other form, you know, other disciplines that can help me structure some things to, okay, I'm dealing with anxiety, you know, and being honest, learning to be honest with this is anxiety. This is post-traumatic stress. This is, you know, this is mania that I'm dealing with because I haven't slept in three days. This is, you know, this is stuff where I, I was like, okay, just because I can go on a 24 hour shift and I can do a Volks March, you know, you can stick me, you know, just because I can doesn't maybe mean I should regularly in the real world. Right. And so I've spent the past three and a half years ago, God really clearly gave me a vision. He was a mission to say my job my mission in this life for the rest of this month. And like I was telling you a little before show is my, my oldest son is only 17. I just turned 53, but I'm a first generation believer. And my mission is to cast off, you know, the, the sins of the father will be visited on the third and fourth generation and, you know, mental health issues. And my dad was a vet. His dad was world war two tanker. And, you know, just had some really messed up mental and, and psychological stuff that kind of has been handed down. And God said, it stops with you, son. He says, you are responsible and in charge of restoring your family name to flowers from ashes, to order from chaos. So the discipline and the training that I, you know, have learned through the, my military experience and through the cadre and the other, you know, uh, support staff and community of my tribes, um, the body of Christ that, you know, he's healed me. And now that it's the work of, you know, learning to be transformed in the renewing of the mind. And so that's my mission now is to sit here and say, well, okay. A lot of it was generational. A lot of it was situational and a lot of stuff dealing with a lot of the stuff that we all have to deal with in the armed services that are incomprehensible to anybody who hasn't done it, you know, and just the loyalty and the integrity and the faithfulness that comes along with that. Um, yeah, it's invaluable, but it's also, you know, costs a whole lot, you know, and I'm very thankful for it, but. It's uh, it's not an easy transition, man. I mean, it's, you know, so many people and even if and I'm not even talking about people who went to combat. I'm talking about the way the military right. is your brain. No, it's when you get out, whether you got shot at and returned fire or like me, I, you know, my worst day in the Navy was running out of money uh, before payday because I couldn't go to the EM club. Right. Well, and for me, dude, I was, you know, I raised two soldiers. You heard me. I raised two soldiers and one princess. That's what I was tasked with. And that's, it doesn't make the best dad when you're actually sitting there with a six-year-old and you're just like sitting there saying, come on, push through it, pick it up, boy. You know? So. There are, there are good things of that. My, my, my trainer, Robert Torres, he's a combat Marine. And, uh, and he has taught me, uh, and I don't know how to say it in English. Uh, I guess you would say like by force, uh, there, there's a Spanish term for it. Uh, a huevo, you know, I, he, I had to learn it a huevo, which, and I don't really know what that means. That may be a vulgar, I don't know, but either way. Sounds like 
a big egg. Maybe, but yeah, but I don't know what that term. I know what it means in Spanish. It means like you had to learn it like basically brute force, right? So right. Force. And and the one thing that Robert has taught me is that my mind will tell my body very early on, you're done. You can't physically do anymore. And I know because of my trainer, uh, him and PK, PK's an incredible, he got in my head and then Robert got in my body. Yeah. And Dude, I've been watching your journey with that too, man. And keep it up, dude. I mean, grind it out. And, oh, you know, no. it, it gets, you know, at, at the beck and call. And, and, uh, but, you know, it's funny how your body really is capable of so much more uh, than your mind is, than your mind tells you. And, and I relate that to scripture all the time because, you know, people always say, oh, well, God will never give you more than you can handle. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I don't know where you show me the verse. If you look at the Bible, the Bible is chock full of men and women who were in situations that were beyond human capabilities. Right. But yet they, they not just succeeded, but they like, that's thrived. where I am at right now, dude, that I'm in one of these situations where it's like, Oh, the worst thing I can do is something. <laughs> That's I, that's the God's honest truth for me right now. As I, I, I had I told my mom, I visited with my mom before I came over to get into the show here. And I was telling her, I'm in one of those places, mom, where my hands are off the wheel. Take it <laughs> over, Jesus. You got this because, you know, some, man, I woke up on my heart this morning. It was some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. For me, I... My car ain't worth a flip. Me on my horse, my chariots. No, dude, he's gonna have to do it. You know. So, our pastor has a little saying that that my wife and I love, and it, and it, he always says, uh, "Let go and let God." Yep. And, and you know, uh, I I don't know if you remember the um, uh, Rich Mullins. He was. Uh, oh, dude, absolutely. I'm, well, I'm a guitar picker. I'm I'm a musician. Right. I went to guitar school. We should play sometime. I, um, I think Rich, like, I'm a the, hack. <laughs> the talk about a gift. God used him immensely and good talk about, Oh, sure. Gone too soon. No, gone when God said he was going yeah, and left an amazing body of work. Yeah. And, and he, one of the things he does in one of his live concerts, he talks about that. He says, man, when God starts working in your life, man, you need to hang on for dear life. He goes, or maybe what God really wants us to do is to let go for dear life. Yes. You know, and that has Amen. always bring it because, you know, the, the, I think part of the biggest problem we have in our church today is box checking. You know, everybody wants to check a box and, and they're like, Hey, listen, I'm going to let God take care of this, but I'm going to take care of this. That's not what God wants. Hey, God will, when that, you know, back to the mind and the body and the keeping it all integral around that, you know, God won't give you more than you can handle. You know, I call bull crap on that. But again, you showed me one time when God fought a battle the same way twice. He didn't do it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, he didn't do it every time. It was different because he didn't want you thinking you could actually formula your way through this thing. It's his planet, man. And he's going to claim it back. You know? Absolutely. Uh, Brian is, he's putting stuff up here too. Brian is a good, good Christian man. And he's got a great uh, mission. And uh, he's actually invited us to go up uh, and take our coffee up to his, uh, he's got a big event at the end of July or first part of August. And so we're trying to do everything we can to, to, to be able to make it there. But, um, Hey, and I mean, I, all I see is my mission. People say I'm crazy, but God has been telling me whatever. If, if, if they're telling you you're crazy, you're in the right place, man. <laughs> I mean, think about it. I mean, here's, here's, and, and we'll, I'd love, this will be a, maybe a good segue into what it is I'm doing as a mission in the professional and business world. But, how does that sound to your wife when you come home, Abram, and God says you get to chop this part off and, by the way, leave? You're going to go to this land that I will show you. 
That's a good yeah. wife. Okay. But then, but then how crazy, what kind of leadership skills do you have to have to be able to convince the entire tribe, hey, we're just going to march around this place for seven days? Yeah. Okay. How crazy do you have to be? My firstborn son is Gideon, Gideon Ambrose. Okay. To be lacking the confidence, to be hiding out thresh in this stuff because you're afraid of these Midianites coming and finding you and God calls you a mighty warrior when you're hiding out. Right. But how crazy do you have to be to take 10,000, 20,000, whatever. I think it was 20,000 filed down to 300. And by the way, we're just going to have these pots and horns. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So if they think you're crazy, Brian, you might be in the right spot. Exactly. You know, exactly. I'm all for the people that may sound a little crazy. By the way, of course, I'm studying, you know, the prophetic here these days. You know, <laughs> Chris Valaton's my big read right now. But, um, yeah. you, you know, it, it never ceases to amaze me. People, so many, I can't tell you how many people, uh, we'll have a conversation offline about how I got into the coffee business, but I was praying for divine appointments. And this guy just pops up in my feed one day. Didn't know who he was. Looked like a scam to me. And it uh, turns out that he lives in Mountain Ridge, Kansas. Him and his wife are followers of Christ. They were doing mission work in Honduras when they met. Uh, they went back on their own to buy a piece of property, to build a house, to give it to a family. And they had this whole mission. Turns out the, the, the place they bought had coffee on it. And he's like, yeah, no, I don't think so. And I'm like, no, it does. It even has an old mill. And so that's kind of how they got their mission started. But, you know, I was praying for... Uh, divine appointments. And this guy just pops up. I mean, God, I asked God for something and he gave it to me. And, and I recognize that because a lot of times we have issues, right? When we ask God for something and we don't see it the way we want to see it. And we say, well, God didn't answer my prayers. Right. He did. Yeah. I don't, I don't roll with that. God doesn't answer. God always answers, baby. It does. It may that, not be what you hear. It, it, it may not be, you know, uh, yeah. What was that country song? Uh, the unanswered prayers. I mean, seriously, because yeah. you don't know. Yeah, you know, and here's another one. My my wife is a prayer warrior, dude. She's heavy in the discerning gifts and healing people and walking it out. I'm I'm actually throwing some links in there. I forgot to send you the links to some of my um stuff. But yeah, um right now. Um, but one of the things that, um, I learned recently that I've really been really resonating with is don't ask God why you wouldn't understand. You don't have a clue, finite little human mind. Why, why God, you know, we, we, we lost a 17 year old niece this week, you know, Mm. it's not mine to ask him why. It is mine to give him thanks and praise and to and to remember what real love and beauty looks like and what that life, how it is to be honored and cherished and, and grieved properly in joyful celebration because she did know the Lord and, and stuff like that. But do not ask why. Why? You just you're just asking for a, a mind melt. You know, you you just can't handle why. Ask him, what do I want? What do I need to know? What do you want me to know? What do you want me to do, General? And that's that's where I roll, ma'am. Yeah, for sure. The Bible says that, you know, all things will be revealed. You know, when we get to heaven, we'll know. But, you know, until then, you know, you're talking about the God who spoke the universe into existence. Yeah. No we can get on that same level. Absolutely no way that we can. <laughs> I got to put this up. <laughs> Uh, no, dude, not, no, 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 no. As a matter of fact, you should see this full, the, if you could show them the full image in my background, it's not a political statement at all, but. Oh, that's, that's my old real estate sign. And this is a background that I use. Sold the white house. That's awesome. I could do that. I could sell that thing for twenty five hundred bucks, man. You know, in in real estate agency fees, you don't have to pay six percent. 
you know, it's a bunch of hogwash. But it just, I actually did this sign back, this was back in 2014 or 15, and I was just making a point about marketing modeling. But if I am going to make any kind of political statement, man, this is a very appropriate futuristic something that I put together there that, yeah, you're not going to, yeah. However, if Biden, if, if President Biden calls me up, I'm sworn to serve. You know, that's, right. that's the bottom line. I, I'm know, that's the difference between, you know, the other, I was in the coffee group and I had some lady, uh, they were asking for podcasts. And I said, hey, we, we do a podcast called God Country Coffee. We have, you know, God, we have great Americans, no BS, no politics. Uh, lots of patriotism and great coffee. And I had somebody that, that told me that, that there was no way that patriotism uh, wasn't politically slanted and that she didn't want any part of it. And I'm like, well, well, good, because I don't, you have to explain to me okay. where, where love for my country here, anything politics. Here's, this is to her. Okay. I, don't do red. I don't do blue. Okay. I think Jesus is right in the narrow door in the purple spot, right in the middle, that narrow door. Okay. But I tell you what, when it comes to that flag and it comes to the fact that God put whoever he's going to put in the position that I'm supposed to actually respect and obey. That's a clear word. Huh? That's it. Man. I mean, it doesn't matter if I agree. It doesn't That's matter right. if I agree. I agree with the concept. Okay, here's the deal. When I went in in October 31st, 86, when I was heading to the reception station, okay, guess what? I took an oath to defend the United States Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Period. Enough said. Done. Took an oath. Doesn't matter that I didn't know what I was doing as an 18-year-old punk kid. Guess what? I took an oath. Guess right. what? That sucker stays with you, man. That's it's yep. it's stuck with me. And here's the here's where the other side of it gets really crazy is I took I've taken two oaths and one vow. And vow with my bride is a covenant. It's irrevocable. She's stuck with me till I'm dead. Okay? <laughs> and and Lord knows that if she was getting out, she'd have done got out cuz it wasn't good. It, it through part of this. Okay. But I took two oaths that the, the oath when I signed up in the army. And then when I signed on as a realtor, I swore to preserve, protect and promote my client's interest. Not mine, not my brokerage and not the industries. And I think, you know, and I started really recognizing I've been doing residential real estate I, like I told you, I, I sold businesses. That's when I got a ris real estate license to help people sell privately held businesses. Well, when I started selling residential real estate, it's been 17 or 18 years ago. It's all by script. You know, I took a 30 hour course over the weekend. I'm a real quick study. Took a course over the weekend, took a test on Monday, and all of a sudden I'm worth 6% of your equity. Okay. And I went out. And I started running the scripts and I was a top producing agent for years. But then I started realizing something about 2008 or nine. Okay. Well, technology changed a whole lot. I used to spend a whole lot of money advertising real estate. You know, you had to do a lot of print ads. You had to do a lot of flyers. You had to do a lot of driving. You know, you couldn't just send an offer over the phone, you know, and you had to do a lot of work. And then 2008 or nine, people couldn't afford, dude. There were people writing checks to sell their house. And somehow me and the industry were still making out. And that was wrong to me because my client's interest, you know, I had to sit here and say, this 6% stuff doesn't need to be this way, right? It just, this has to change because, and so what I started doing was I started looking at them and looking at their equity and saying, listen, I will do this job. I'll will it down to like three and a half percent. Okay. And I'll still make some cabbage 
and take care of my family. And then I'll turn around to the other side and offer them a percent and a half. Right. And when I started doing that, other agents started roasting me, dude. They'd start calling me up saying, why aren't you paying 3%? I'm like, wait a minute. That sounds like a good question for your client. I'm, I'm, I don't have to offer you anything. This is what I've got. This is what my seller has. This, you can take it and be grateful or you can, you and I can go around. Right. And so it kind of started with that. And I started realizing that these agents were telling me they were worth 3%. I said, I am not worth a percentage of the deals I do. I'm worth a multiple of the value that I bring to you and your household. And I, so I, I started picking a fight, dude. I, I started sitting there and going, man, this has got to change. So I went out and in two, well, and, and then something else happened that really made me understand why people, you know, when I say real estate agent, felt like I'm second degree removed from a used car salesman, right? <laughs> For the most part, there's that kind of, you know, feel that comes with the professional. And why is that? Because you're selling trust, because it's a cult of personality, because there's a lot of things that people don't understand. They're hiring you because they trust you. Okay. And I used to run the script, you know, when you buy real estate, right? How much have you paid your buyer's agent ever? Anybody? Open question. You done never felt it, did you? You paid for everything, Mr. and Mrs. Home Buyer. Sellers are dealing with equity. Buyers bring the capital, the cabbage, the mortgage, the four and a half percent over 30 years amortized. Buyers pay for everything. And I used to run this script and you hear this, buyer's agents work for free. Okay, I used to hear that a lot. Nobody works for free. Here's the problem that I had was... Oh, I'm going to get paid 3%, but don't worry. The seller will take care of that. Okay. Who do you work for? The person who pays you. So if I'm getting paid by the seller, but I'm representing the buyer, here's one thing that happened. I sat down with a young couple one day and I sat down with them and I filled out a buyer's agency agreement. And I said, Hey, by the way, I'm worth 3% and don't worry. The seller will take care of that. And I signed them up and they had, they were young, late twenties, saved 30 or $40,000 hard money and wanted to buy a $150,000 starter home. And I went out there and I'd showed them three or four houses, dude. That was it. And they found this little house that they fell in love with. And they said, this is the one we want. I got real excited for a minute. Okay. Because the thing that the consumer was never shown was how much I was being paid. And I was being offered 6% on this particular transaction. I'd only shown them three or four houses, but I'm about to make $9,000. And I had a contract with them at 3%. So I had a problem at that point. I was like, this ain't right, folks says, I need y'all to know. And that's where I decided to start being open and vulnerable and transparent with people. And I turned around to them and I said, here's the deal. I've been incentivized against your interest. And they, use, they do that a lot in the industry. There's a lot of incentivization against the other party's interest. And so I told, I was honest with them. I said, here's $4,500. What do you want me to do with it? <laughs> I realized that I was the uh, I was in a position to be able to make a difference in these people's lives by just being honest and open with them. And I, I ended up paying all their closing costs and prepaids and getting them a buy down on the purchase price by what I was being incentivized. And so I started going out there and picking a fight. And I left Remax in 14 to do my own thing. And I developed flat rate fees and structures. And I, what I've done since for 14 years now, I've been coaching for sale by owners and teaching them how to represent their own interest against the industry as I've been doing. Okay. I have proven how to sell. I can sell that White House right there for about $10,000 fee to take care of me and my family, right? 
or if it's, you know, two and a half million at 6%, do the math. Okay. Sure. So proven principles, proven policies. And I've gone out there and I teach for sale by owners how this counter agency intelligence is what it is. You know, a bunch of strategies, tactics, tips and tricks. I, I come at it with the, you know, the, you know, precision and the discipline of, you know, a sniper and with the love fest of a hippie love in, you know, and just kind of just give it some of that. I love you know? it. You, uh, I lost your audio. Uh, I'm still here, I think. I'm yeah, I'm a yeah. little laggy. Okay, there you go. So you mentioned earlier you were in the Ranger Battalion. I I was attached to the second and seventy fifth in Fort Lewis. Okay, Ranger Dan is a uh, is also a uh, sweet. Those guys are nuts, dude. I, I was yeah. I, I I never sported a beret. I was attached as a com and tech, and I never actually served in the second and seventy fifth. But I was attached, and I was with the uh, 29th Signal Battalion, um, right around the corner there. So. Yeah, man, those guys freaking hats off. And I I don't know what's hey, third and seventy-fifth, right on, man. Right, but no, man, that those those guys, man, I, I I hats off. Amazing machines. I'm blown away. Every time I meet anybody that's SF or Ranger Battalion or I mean, those guys are the real deal. Just this nonprofit help veterans with tiny houses charges them two hundred a week. Good grief! I, I you're onto something, uh, Rock, because um, not many people are willing. You have to be a true believer, right, um, to know that God's got got it. You don't need to to crush it out of the park on every single sale. No. So, well, dude, uh, here's. Here's what I did was I, I started having all these agents hash me back saying they're worth 3%. I said, great. If you're worth 3%, the average sale right now in our market was $182,000. You're worth 5,400 bucks, buddy. If you want to put a ticket on it. And so I just went out there and Zig Ziglar, I'm a big fan of him. You know, you go out there every day and you find enough people and help them get what they want. I get what I need. I've always told people, it's like, I'm here to serve you and your household. And God takes care of the checks. Oof, man. Period. I love that because, you know, one of the things that I've learned with the business groups that we're in the circles is that, you know, you should, you should be promoting other people 80% of the time. And, and, and then personally, me personally, I feel like the, you know, the, the first 10% goes to him. Uh, in my case, he's very involved in, you know, a hundred percent of everything I do, but the, whatever's left, you know, will eventually, and I, and I'm, I'm seeing it. People are, are calling me out. They're calling my coffee out there. You know, I'm getting subscription orders. I'm getting, you know, white label opportunities from people. I don't even know. And they heard of me because somebody, you know, four times removed, whatever that means. I still don't know what that means. But anyway, you know, somebody that's some cousin, you know, some friend that's four times removed, you know, mentioned it to his buddy in his circle uh, because I was promoting somebody else's business. And so um, one of the one of the life lessons that I've learned with God in control and not me is that the more you give the more you focus on helping somebody else, on helping others, the more God will bless you. You don't have to ask for it. You don't have to look for it. You don't have to work for it. Well, one thing I would like to uh, offer some of my most recent uh, discipline that I'm receiving. And I want to throw this out as a prophetic or as an admonishment to those who haven't been, who may have been doing something like I have that, Maybe you can learn from me. How about some of that real quick? Because one thing I've learned real recently and that I'm paying and, and I have a staunch conviction is that I have been robbing 
God of tithes and offerings. Okay, I've done it. I've 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 not given him of the first fruit. Okay, and that is not only my time, my energy, and my resources, but also just in my attention to the veterans community, to the homeless community, to the mental community, the other areas where I serve that I need to take 10% or more of my time, 10% or more of everything that I'm given. And I, I just want to admonish you guys, don't do, don't learn the way that I did the hard way, you know, tithe, give, you can't out give God. Yeah. Okay. And go ahead and try if you're properly convicted to do so. But that's one thing. That's a recent lesson my wife and I are getting to actually deal with the repercussions of is I think that, you know, I'm being spanked a little bit and I'm thankful for it. Because, um, you know, when we first started, you know, this journey, we weren't tithing. But once we started tithing, we started to realize that we didn't uh, want for anything. Like we never had to worry about the account getting low. And listen, I walked away from a very lucrative government job working as a contractor for the NSA, very lucrative. The company that I worked for treated their employees like, like employees should be treated, like we were the asset. Very odd in today's climate, but they were incredible. Paid us way more uh, than what we should have got paid. All the benefits, everything else. I walked away from that to a business that I knew wasn't profitable yet. That was struggling still. And and just the other day, Mo, I said, you know, I was really, really worried about when you were leaving. Because I left in February. We're, we're in June now. So I was really worried about when we left. Uh, because I was, you know, I was worried about the money and the mortgage and this and all this other stuff. And every time I look in the account, I just have to smile. Because yeah. uh, God's taking care of every bit of it. Well, and, and it's... One of the things, too, is I don't want to just relegate it to a bank account. I want to do the heart and the soul of things here, too, with the the rewards that my family sees when I get up and give him first fruit of my day. Right. When I get up and give him that first cream off the top of my day, man, my family benefits in blessings and abundance that you you can't measure it. You can't quantify it, you know, and um as long as I got some good coffee, that makes it even that much better, right? But no, seriously, getting up and getting that time in with daddy. And when daddy says jump or daddy says take a break, which, by the way, daddy does say take a break. You know, that's been a hard one for me, man. Yeah. Just yeah. because I can go 24, 7, 365, man, doesn't make it right. No, you know? that means you should. That means you should. God's got it. He's got his intention for us is to prosper. His intention for us is, you know, not it's not for chaos or turmoil. And sometimes I think we lose sight of it. I know I do personally. Uh, part of the, what's going on this week with me personally, I just, you know, I, I'm not making money. And I'm in this mode where I have got to finish all this stuff. I got to get it out the door. I got to do this. And I, and I, you know, sometimes I stay up all, you know, night not sleeping. I got about two hours last night. Yeah. That's, you know, I got four. I'm paying trust in God. That's, you know, I'm trying to do, I'm trying, like I told you earlier, I'm trying to say, okay, God, just take care of this. And then I'm going to take care of this. And when I do that, I follow my face. There's no way around it. Right. So. I know, bro. Yep. He, uh, he's got it all covered though, man. One of the things uh, that, that I also know, you know, he doesn't only just want to prosper us. We are a light. We are to be a light on the hill, baby. And that's, you know, we got to go out and just give and serve and continue to love the unlovable. Quite frankly, that's one of the things I'm having a hard time with myself, still walking it out because there's a lot of unlovable creatures out there. I know I were one, yeah. you know, and yeah, man. So that's kind of, that's what I'm trying to attenuate some energy towards. So, well, listen, we're, we're coming up on the hour here. Yes, sir. Uh, I, uh, I've got your things rolling. I put your websites in the, uh, in the comments, Aaron, thanks for jumping in. Yes. I, I, I started a business in the middle of the pandemic. You're absolutely <laughs> right. 
and he does have my back. I know he does for sure. Cause, uh, who in their right mind leaves their job making crazy money in the middle of a pandemic, you know, to a struggling business to, you know, and know that you're okay. Well, it's simple. Who in their right mind <laughs> takes the call to say, go to this land. I will show you. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know, it. Abraham is the only one of uh, the old Testament that never, ever even saw a hint of what God promised him. Nope. He didn't, he didn't see any of it. Nope. You want to talk about faith, man. That's why even in the new Testament, Jesus and Luke and everybody talks about I know. Faith Abraham. Because what faith do you have to have to uproot your family from everything you know and walk blindly into the desert? Well, he did see Isaac. And then he, he was given the opportunity to offer him up, and he said, yes, sir. Right. Dude, Dad. Talk about mind blow, man. That's I mean, my boy. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I a rock star. Yeah, we could do this all night, my brother. But I will catch up with you here soon. You just tell me how we're going to roll it out. Absolutely. Well, listen, I, this is how we're going to roll this out. You're going to pray us out. Oh, sweet. And then when you get done praying, I'm going to put you back in the green room. You're going to hang tight for a second. I'll close the show, and then I'll come back to you. All right. Well, Father God, we just praise you. I just thank you for Jr. and the Alanez household and him as its headship. I just pray blessings and favor and honor and and just your favor and anointing on his on his life, on his mind, on his heart, on his business. And thank you for this opportunity to to just fellowship and just get together and praise you and just let us all continue to just continue to recognize you king of the universe and jesus you have done the work for us already you've already done the work let us just walk out our our part in it in honor and glory to you jesus and holy spirit fill us each breath each breath is a gift and we just praise you and just know that all the businesses, all the minds, all the hearts, everybody that has seen or watched this, we just pray that you just impact them with the deep richness of your love and just your grace and mercy that Jesus is alive. He is risen. He is in you if you just claim and believe in him. And Jesus, we just thank you for that work. And I just praise you um, for our country, our leadership, our municipalities, just that we do the work that you give us to do to be a light, to go and serve and to quit complaining, do all things without grumbling and complaining and to serve and to do our part in actually doing what you give us to do to make this world a better place until your trials and tribulations come. And then we shall do whatever you give us to with joy and songs in our hearts because Jesus, you rock, rock out in Jesus name. Amen, brother. Woo. All right. Come on. Boom. Right. Listen, I'm going to put you in the green room. I'll be right back. Sit tight. Right, okay? Yes, sir. Right. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I loved the visit. Thank you. All right, folks. So that's it. That's episode 30, man. It was epic. Uh, I didn't know that we were going to go uh, that direction. And I'm so glad that I had rock on the show. Uh, what a blessing to me personally. What a blessing to everybody who heard him. Um, you know, man, share this episode. Share it with everybody. It's going to be on YouTube. Uh, absolutely, Ranger Dan. I needed that tonight too, man. I was, I've been in a bad headspace the last few days and really bad today. And and uh, uh, I absolutely needed that. And God knows what we need, man. He does. He just knows and he gives it to us. So uh, catch us. I didn't do the daily um, brew yesterday. I forgot today. I forgot again. I was busy trying to get stuff because I've got to go to the shop now and roast all night. Um, but uh, stay tuned. We're going to, we're, we're I'm not going to do the daily brew uh, on the weekends. I'm only going to do it Monday through Friday. Um, and so, and you know, whatever God puts on my plate, man, that's what I'm going to do. Cause uh, you know, God is great. All right. Treat each other the way God intended us to treat one another with love, kindness, and respect. 
till I see you guys on Monday at uh, 1830 for the Daily Brew. God bless you. Have a great 4th of July weekend. Remember, this is this is a weekend where we celebrate our independence. We're the only country in the world who ever declared their independence before the war was even over. So uh, talk about being bold. Uh, that's us. So celebrate that. Celebrate with your families. Celebrate responsibly. Share the gospel. Give somebody a Bible, man. Don't be scared. All right. Love you guys. See you next week.